The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yes, and I'm like, I'm like, Nikki, I should have warned you. I don't usually come in hot like this, but I think because I'm physically hot, as well as, like, I just really cannot deal with people that think that they're like better than everyone else. It, it's like one of my biggest pet peeves in life. And I think because I've gone through a lot of stuff with women and kind of like I'm out the other side and I'm doing good and all this stuff. I just think it's absolutely unacceptable for people to be unkind. We've all been put here for a reason and we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age, and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening Judging Megan. Hi, everybody. You are listening to Megan Judge, host of Judging Megan. That was such a weird, um, weird way to start the podcast. But I must tell you, um, I am slightly a hot mess today. Um, My guest and I already recorded and I realized our sound was bad. So we're having to start the entire thing over again, not to mention the fact that it is 550 degrees in my house because um, Southern California, even by the beach is going through a massive heat wave. 
So it is, um, it's really hot. There's only one room in my house that has air conditioning. I happen to be sitting in it. So it's, it's not fun. Second thing that I want to tell you really quickly is I used to have a button on my old website that said, buy me a Chardonnay because I've talked openly about my passionate love affair with buttery Chardonnay. I am now changing that. So if you want to donate to my podcast or, you know, just throw a couple of bucks here and there, I'm an independent podcaster. Um, I work really hard to get you content every week. You can go to my website, judgingmegan.com and you can buy me an oat milk latte because I don't want this anything to ever be triggering for somebody that's trying to have a sober life. And I don't want to be promoting alcohol because I think some of my listeners do struggle with that. The Okay, that's one, two. Don't forget that I'm on YouTube now. You can see me in all my glory, hot with no makeup. And I'm that's not hot in a good way. It's like hot, like I look like poo. Um, and then the last thing is, well, I do want to touch on this. Um, I did get a lot of feedback on my episode about bullying and it was good. So it was like some of some moms and people were writing me saying my kids be, has been bullied, like, doesn't make sense. I was bullied, whatever it is. Bullies can be of all ages. So that's something I would like to point out. Um, there is a person, a mother, I go to, my kids go to a Christian school and I see her all the time. And since the day I knew her years ago, she never says hi. She always gives dirty looks. And I, it's like one of those things where moms talk and they'll be like, oh, she's so nice. She's just shy. No, you are not shy. If somebody says hi to you, unless you have a beefy past with them, like I do with some women, you say hi back. You are, you are stating that you're a Christian. I've seen you in church say hi. It takes two seconds when somebody says hi to you. It's my biggest pet peeve on the planet. When people don't say hello back, when you say hi to them, you are not cool. You are in your forties or fifties. You aren't, there's no such thing as a cool group. Once you get past a certain age, so you can keep pretending like, Oh, I'm so cool. I'm getting old. I'm too cool to say hi to you. You are not, nobody is cool. We're all old. We're all aging by the day. It's not cool to not say hi. Okay, I'm going to start. Poor Nikki has already been through this rant one time and I'm starting it again. Um, so Nikki Sibira, who has the sweetest, cutest smile in the world, when she sent me her bio to be on the podcast, I was like, I need to talk to this lady. I love her smile. I love her picture. She exudes like something really amazing. I don't know if you feel that way about people, Nikki, but I do. I can like read off people well when I'm like, I need to talk to that person. Nikki is a food freedom architect, which is the first I have ever had on the podcast. I'm 87 episodes in. I have never, ever even heard of a food freedom architect. And I am honored to have you on today. So hi, Nikki. Hello. I am so happy <laughs> to be here. And yes, you know, life happens. And so we do have to take, you know, a second take sometimes and that's all good. Yes, we do. And honestly, maybe this take is the better take because on the first take, I was like a little bit more hot. So I feel like I've calmed down a little bit on both ways. I had to turn my fan on. I mean, off because it was making noise and the air conditioning is going. So I'm okay if as long as I'm in this room. Nikki, can you explain to my audience what a food freedom architect is? Absolutely. So 
this is my perspective on food freedom architecture, which is I am a guide. So I help women figure out how to stop using food to soothe their souls, how to stop using food because they're stressed or they're bored or they're angry or it's late at night and the fridge is calling them. You know what I'm talking about? I call it the whispers from the fridge. (laughs) They're calling you and you keep going back. And so this is all about creating separation between who you are and the food that you're using to soothe this hole in your heart, to soothe this this sense that, you know, maybe you feel like you're not enough. Maybe you feel like other people tell you you're not enough and you're living in that. And so that's what I do as I help women create a different life so that the food isn't in the driver's seat of their life. So they're not always constantly thinking about the next piece of the next meal, the next morsel, that they can actually look at something and walk away and go, I'm okay with not having that. That is food freedom architecture right there. Okay. Well, I find that so fascinating. And also I, which we're going to get into, but I am somebody that is, I said already, I'm good all day. Right. I'm like, you know, I'm always on a new diet. I'm very open about that. I've my whole life been on a diet. I'm on a diet. I lose weight. I go off the diet. I gain it all back. Doesn't help that COVID happened and we were all trapped in our houses. I'm still attempting to lose my COVID weight, not to mention hormonal things that we go through as we age is not fun. But the end of the day is the trickiest for me. And it's because, which we're going to get into, But as a child, I went through an extreme amount of trauma, which you did as well. And so I leaned very heavily on snacking and wine at night. And that's my, that's like my tricky zone. And I think a lot of women are like that. So what are your thoughts on that? Yes. So here's, here's the thought I have on that is, is that our daily lives are quite busy. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to hang on by the ends of our tippy fingers onto the edge of a diet all day long because we're busy and we have things to keep us busy and we're occupied and we're go, 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 go. And at the end of the day, when you crash into your chair, there is no escaping from the thoughts in your head. Mm -hmm. There is no escaping from the, well, you didn't do this and you're this and you're all the negative stuff starts coming up and spinning and spinning and something happened during your day. And now you're spinning about that. Someone cut you off or didn't say hi in the mommy line as you dropped your kids off. So you're <laughs> yeah. spinning, right? Yeah. It's hot in California. And so, you know, your physical body is on the edge and you start to spin and spin and there's no escaping. So you need a pressure relief valve. And so we, I have turned to food, you turn to food. Many people turn to food to hit that pressure valve and go, oh, I can numb out for a while from those thoughts and feelings. I can not feel those feelings. I can push them down. I can push them away with food, wine. And we all joke about it. Like there's a lot of jokes that go around about the mommy glass of wine. Mm-hmm. I have a, my perspective on that is very different is, wow, that's a human being that's hurting and struggling. How about we help mommy out? How about we see mommy as a human being? 
how about we take a different stance on this and stay instead of saying, hey, I'll pour you another glass. Well, I think too, it's habitual. So if you, if you like as a young girl, for example, um, and we're going to get into your story, but I, I went through this little phase. I talked about it on my last episode where I, I went through this like chubby phase from like fourth through sixth grade. And I kind of got teased. I had buck teeth and a bowl cut and, you know, I hadn't gotten my braces on and I was there. I was just wasn't, I was teased for it and I was different. I always loved to like sing and dance and I would make up musicals. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, I remember like I then went on this diet in seventh grade and I grew and then all the boys liked me and I was pretty. And then it was like a different shift in attention, you know, but that whole thing with like my complex relationship with like soothing myself, um, as a kid with like, you know, pretzels or whatever it is, it also turned to the different, the other extreme was, which was then I developed an eating disorder, which is a totally separate episode. Um, but it, it makes so much sense what you're saying. And especially for people that have been through the kind of trauma that you or I have been through, but I would like to kind of hear about your story because I know it's very difficult. And I think that most of my listeners have either gone through some sort of trauma. They might be going through like the grieving process right now. They might've gone through loss. Um, People come to listen to my podcast because they think it's a a safe space. So know that when you share your story, because I would say 95% of my podcasts are with survivors and you're a survivor and I'm a survivor. So let's, let's hear about, let's hear about your childhood. Yes, I want to take that survivor concept one step further. Mm-hmm. I am a survivor who is thriving. Yes. Dif- difference. Difference. Yes. If we stay stuck in survival mode, uh-huh. we can't get to thriving. And that's where food freedom architecture comes in. I want to guide you and mentor you to get from, I just need to get through this effing day mm-hmm. to, hey, wait life is actually pretty good. That's thriving. Life is actually pretty good. I feel good about it. I feel good about me. So my story is I spent the first eight years of my life um, uh, with my dad and mom and younger brother. And my dad was an alcoholic and a domestic violence abuser. So he would beat my mom on a regular basis. Um, There was always physical violence in my home. Um, there was always verbal violence, um, and I was terrified of my dad. Um, there was always this doom and gloom in, in the house about what was he going to do next? How do I approach him? I'm just going to stay away from him because he's always mean. I actually, it's it, it makes me a bit sad to say I don't actually remember any happy memories of my dad. I remember being terrified of him all the was time. This, was this Nikki from like the time you were a baby? Like, would yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a, it's like a really, it's really awful because when my, so my mom and dad got married and then about two years after getting married, my mom got pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she told my dad, that was the first time he beat her. He told her, you have to go get an abortion. I don't want this kid. 
Mm-hmm. And he beat her and she left. So I actually wasn't born in the hometown that we lived in because my mom went back to her family and I was born in the hometown of her family. And so that's when it started. So even it's really, you know, from a from a physiological point of view, it's quite fascinating that my mom would have all these stress hormones going through her body while she was pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I spent the first nine months of my life in utero with her was feeling stressed out all the time feeling that they say that they say that even in utero like babies can feel trauma or fetuses can feel trauma like you know in the developmental stage and it can like I talk about a lot on the podcast your first three years are imperative especially if you're going through trauma or if you're a baby that doesn't feel loved or is neglected in any way so yeah that makes sense that makes sense. Yeah. So my mom finally left after 10 years of marriage, just shortly after the 10th anniversary, we finally left. Mm-hmm. And um, then unfortunately, like four years later, my mom gets cancer. And then three years after that, she's gone. Um, so she died when I was 15. So the the person who was the pillar in my life, the strength, the the person I could bounce things off of and talk to about anything was gone. And my stepdad guardian, um, two months after my mom died, started to sexually abuse me. So just all these layers, right? Trauma layer after trauma layer after trauma layer. And back in the in the late 80s, this wasn't, you know, nobody talked about this stuff still. It's not like the Me Too movement. Um, people, it, it, there was a lot of shame around you know, what did you do wrong? And we don't talk about these kinds of things. And, um, you know, something that, that, that really changed for me was when I actually saw Oprah, I don't, uh, you know, the Oprah show, right. Mm-hmm. And she actually, on one of her episodes in the late eighties actually said on her show that she'd been raped. And I was like, that back then you couldn't rewind in PVR. There was nothing like that. I was like, did you hear her say she'd been raped? Like a woman on national TV with an audience of millions had just said the words for the first time ever, her too. And that changed things for me. I was like, well, I need to find out more. So don't get me wrong. I graduated high school and I was rudderless. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where my life is going to go. I feel completely unanchored. I'm pretty sure I was depressed. Um, and, you know, my life just felt like a mess and I felt in a black hole. And then I found my career. and my career was registered nursing for a whole bunch of years. So I've spent just over 20 years as a registered nurse um, and 30 years in the healthcare industry altogether. And the good news is with, you know, making good money as a registered nurse is that the first time in my life I could afford some therapy and I've had mm, okay therapy. I've had medium decent therapy. And then I've had some really, really good therapy. Let, let's and talk that about has really that. helped me. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that because I talk very openly. Um, I, this podcast, by the way, which you, you will hear the ad shortly, um, is sponsored by better help. And mm. so I am a huge advocate of therapy. I've exactly like you. And i let me backpedal a little bit. I am so sorry for all of the trauma that you've gone through. And it does make sense 
um, you know, even in the, being a child of the eighties and nineties therapy was for me, like looked down upon, um, you know, my parents got me into therapy at like 10. Cause I had reoccurring dreams. I had, my sister had died tragically at two and I oh. saw the whole thing. Um, that, that, but it did, it's like, there's good therapy, there's bad therapy. And I say a lot, it's like dating. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm in therapy right now. And by the way, I heard a statistic yesterday, one out of every four women in the United States of America is in therapy. And honestly, wow. when I heard that, I was like, hallelujah, holla freaking hallelujah. <laughs> because I hope they're in good therapy, good therapy. Well, that means, okay, like let's say 50% of them aren't in good therapy. So then the reminder is, which we're going to talk about that therapy is like dating, right? So I've had really bad blind dates with therapists and I've had really good blind dates with therapists and there's all kinds of different kinds of therapy Um, we're going to go into the kind that saved you me personally. I, I need to look into the therapy that we're going to discuss shortly. I have done EMDR that Mm. helped me. I I need to go back and find a new person that does it. But the therapist that I have right now, PS, I found her through better help and my old therapist that I adore. And I started this podcast basically with her. She was my first guest. I took, I, we're not together right now because she's writing a book, but there's, I want my audience to hear that. And I love that you pointed that out because there's, there's, there's therapy and then there's therapy. So let's get back to what we're talking about in a, in a few minutes. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. So it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with challenges in life. Something that I found is in my own experience, I was in therapy for a long time, loved my therapist. She's taking a break so she can write a book. So I decided to fill out the survey myself on BetterHelp. And I will tell you right now, I was matched up with the best therapist. I didn't think it was possible. I used my own discount and I did it. So I just want you to know that this is not just an ad. I'm actually a real BetterHelp client. I love it. I love the therapist they matched me up with. And I can just tell you it was super convenient. It's a great option. It's accessible. It's affordable. And it's entirely online. So what you do is you type in betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the show. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like 
I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So let's yeah. talk about the therapy that really helped you. Yeah. So EMDR really helped me. So it's eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Yes. So it's a technique that goes back to the mem- the trauma memories mm-hmm. and reprocesses them. And I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, you've done it. I've done it for anybody who hasn't done it. It's hard work Mm -hmm. and it's not easy and it's totally worth it Mm -hmm. because if I hadn't done EMDR, I would never have been able to say the words out loud. My stepdad sexually abused me because I was even denying that to myself because that's how I was coping. I made it about there must've been something about me that attracted him to me. I needed to see it differently and go, what the fuck? Yeah. This is a pervert who perpetrated this on an innocent young girl. That's what EMDR did for me. It helped me flip it around and go, wait a minute. Now, EMDR, there are so many other good trauma therapy modalities. And when I say trauma therapy modalities, Cognitive behavioral therapy is well known. It, it, it's talk therapy, mm-hmm. and it only scratches the surface for surface for trauma um, survivors and thrivers. Trauma survivors and thrivers need deeper trauma therapy. So EMDR, internal family systems, is another type of. Can you explain uh, that? I've never heard of that. Internal family systems. Yes. So I'm not the expert. I'm sure that there are many other people out there that are an expert, but this is the concept where there are many pieces of you. There are different parts, components of you, and they were splintered off as a, as a coping mechanism when you were dealing with the trauma and internal family systems brings that back together. So for example, uh, yes, just yesterday, um, I was a, um, a willing person for somebody who was learning a new therapeutic modality. And when she started to ask my three-year-old Nikki, what would three-year-old Nikki want and do? That's internal family systems. She's now pulling out that three-year-old and saying, asking me to look at that three-year-old, talk to the three-year-old, what does the three-year-old have to say? And then bring the three-year-old back into me in a loving, kind way, internal family system. Okay, I need to do this immediately because I need to go back and talk to the two-year-old or not even two-year-old Megan Judge. Yeah, who saw your who saw that stuff. yeah I mean that's so interesting to me because oh. I thought I had heard of everything but I know dialectical behavior therapy yeah. now it's it's something that a friend of mine has done with yeah. super super great results mm-hmm. um another tra- uh, traumatic therapy a modality is somatic therapy mm-hmm. so that is where you you get very in touch with the feelings inside of your body and then feel them and express them physically. 
Mm-hmm. So honestly, uh, the greatest thing I've ever done is smash a pillow up against my bed while I was screaming to heavy metal music about all the terrible shitty things that have happened to me in my life. Mm-hmm. And then the next song was about sitting there and soothing myself and literally hugging myself, stroking my arms, stroking my face, telling myself, yeah, it was hard and you're here now and you're okay. And you know what? People are going to say that sounds weird. <laughs> I don't care if it sounds weird. We're only here on this planet for such a short time. If if you're going to be put on this planet and we went through these hard things in our lives, the amount of trauma that you've gone through, which I talk about a lot. I'm like, why do some people just seem to get like an absorbent, absorbent amount of trauma and things that happen to them? And another person just seems to breeze by. But you, again, never know what that person really is going through. Um. So you, but, but what I'm always amazed by is the people that go, okay, I'm not going to sit in this. I'm a survivor, which you just said, and I'm going to find ways out. And if it's weird, I don't care. So that's all stuff. I'm going to look into that internal family systems because I've never heard of that before. Cause I think I need that. Um, tell me, like you're a nurse, you're obviously very educated. You're obviously very smart. Tell me when and why you shifted into what you're doing today, which is as a food freedom architect. And did you copyright that? Is that your made up name or is this a real thing? I need to know. Well, all of us can call us ourselves, whatever we want to. Yeah. Like, Let's be clear about that. You can call yourself bodacious goddess Megan. Like I do, I do. I say that. that Sounds freaking awesome. (laughs) Like, like we get to call ourselves whatever we want to. Yeah. Um. The rules, rules, schmools. Like, let's let's get real about the constructs within which we think that we must live. It's all bullshit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I spent, you know, my 30 years in healthcare, just over 20 years as a registered nurse, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. But as I kept climbing the corporate ladder, I got to my last job that I was in for five years and I just started to feel hollow because I knew I had this deeper calling. Mm-hmm. And the deeper calling was I've noticed this pattern over my life where when I feel good and everything in my life, it's just really clicking and I'm really being who I am. And the weight just melts off me. It's like, where did that 20 pounds go? And when I don't feel good and when I'm abandoning myself and when I'm doing things that are really against, you know, the grain of who I actually am, but I'm doing this because I'm supposed to, that's the rules. Mm -hmm. Um, I pile on the weight and I feel terrible. And I've watched this elevation and dropping and elevation over the years. And I was like, wait, I now know what the secret for me is, which is when I live a happy hearted life, I eat from a happy hearted place. And that changes everything about my relationship with food. I don't need food to soothe. I don't need food to fill a hole in my heart. I don't need it to protect me. I don't need it to pile on the weight so that I can have a fat suit so that nobody will abuse me again. Interesting. That's a good, that's a very interesting point. Let me ask you a question. This is me asking out of my own curiosity. Um, So 
I am a survivor of bulimia. So I was bulimic mm-hmm. on and off throughout my teens and twenties. Um, there were times where I was pretty sick and mm-hmm. I would go through spurts, but I, I leaned on food so much. Like I said, food was like, I was snacking. And then just to be able to like purge it all out and not like get punished for what I ate because it's like a whole weird thing that I can't really, I've never really, I've been in therapy about it. I've never been able to really put my finger on why, except to say that from a young age, food was like something I loved to snack. Like I loved, Mm -hmm. you know, coming home from school and we were uh, like growing up very happy until my dad passed away. Um, And we would eat dinner as a family. And my mom and dad were like, eat everything on your plate and then you could have dessert. So like, it's, I think a lot of people can relate to that. So then when I started dieting, you know, and then I realized, oh my gosh, like I'm getting attention. All these people think I'm pretty and, and giving me compliments and I'm in seventh and eighth grade. Well, this is all that matters is what I look like because they're nicer to me now. But then it's like, I, I realized then I became like, oh my God, if I put a donut in my mouth, I have to get rid of it. So for somebody that like, like me, that might struggle with also the remnants of I'm no longer purging, but I do go through periods where I binge. So like I said, at night, there might be like, you know, a bag of, of like popcorn and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to have a bowl. And then that bowl will turn into like three bowls. And then I'll drink like a giant chalice of wine. And then that'll turn into two glasses of wine. And it's really just because I don't want to sit with myself. I don't want to sit with my thoughts. And you said in the beginning, you're surviving and thriving. Yes. And I think that I'm like just talking to you that I'm just surviving. Well, you, you may be more than surviving. You Am may I be like thriving. surviving and thriving t- a skosh? I don't know. It's this place of being uncomfortable that none of us, it's the human condition that being uncomfortable while we sit with our thoughts uh-huh. is not something that we're really taught in our society is to sit while we're sad and just be fully with the sadness to sit with the anxiety and to be fully with the anxiety and just talk to it and say, Oh, you showed up again. I wonder where you're coming from. Come over here, sit next to me. Let's talk about what happened today or yesterday or this year that you keep showing up for me every night. And every night I hit this, you know, bottle of wine and I hit the popcorn Mm -hmm. and I hit the, the cheese and the chips and the, whatever your things are. Our society would, it's just so easy. We'll just, you know, pull up another plate and, you know, we're just going to jump over and skip over what's actually underneath. Yeah. The juice of what's happening to you is underneath. If you can create some space for it to talk to you. And this is just another part of you that wants to be seen and heard and understood. I mean... (laughs) I I did not realize when you came on that I would be like, oh my God, I need to know this person and I need to understand why I'm doing this. I know in my own head, it's a, it's a vicious battle that I go through where I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Like, I just told you, I re-signed up for Weight Watchers because I put this weight on during COVID yes. and I just 
I think with all the tremendous amount of um, like trauma and like hard things I've been through in the past couple of years, which I can tell you offline, my listeners know, I, I think I started to lean more heavily on things I shouldn't be as a band-aid. And I think a lot of people probably feel the way that I feel. So to know that there's Absolutely. such there's such a thing as a food freedom architect. So Nikki, tell me for the sake of time, if I so say I wanted to like work with you or somebody wanted to work with you, what is the process of of working with you? Yes. Totally. So first of all, you know, come get a flavor of me. Um, so come on to my Nikki Sabira Facebook, come find me. My, my, I have open, you don't have to friend me, just come on. I've got videos, I've got posts, come get a flavor for who I am and how I approach this. Um, and absolutely it's about ditching the diet and that scares some people, Mm -hmm. but we got to get you to light up inside first and be this glowy, awesome woman who has curated a life that feels like her and she sees herself in her life and she's making that happen. And then we start to look at, okay, so what can you do differently food-wise? People, diet, the diet mongers out there want you to start with scale, food weighing, mm-hmm. uh, portion restriction. I don't. I start with, babe, who are you? Who, what do you want? What's going to light you up? And we're not talking about food that's going to light you up. We're talking about shit in your life that's going to light you up. Yeah. What are you going to put in boxes and give away to Goodwill physically and metaphorically so you can create room for this great stuff to come in? Mm-hmm. What are you tolerating that you should get rid of? We're all tolerating something. We all have to get rid of something. Is it the you know, something as simple as a pair of pants you're hanging on to that doesn't have a button that you think you can fix, darling, get rid of that. Make room mm-hmm. for new pants, mm-hmm. you know? So I actually have a 12-week program for women where we absolutely walk through systematically a process to help you feel lit up, create the life that you feel is authentically you. Stop living a life that's not you because that's part of why you're sitting with a hunk of cheese and a glass of wine at night nikki i don't eat a hunk hunk of cheese (laughs) i don't though i eat popcorn or eat like salty things it's weird i'm in like a salt phase no but you're all all kidding aside i it but this makes sense and it's something i'm we're going to talk offline because i think that this is something Mm. i'm very interested in um where okay so where for the sake of time, can my listeners find you? Are you on Instagram? You're on Facebook, you said. Mostly Facebook. So come find me on Facebook, Nikki Sibera, N-I-K-I-S-I-B-E-R-A. Okay, so they can find you that way. How? Let me ask you on on another note. How are you doing today? Like, how did you like shift your life to get to where you are today? Yeah, I've learned a lot of lessons in 53 years, which is... When I get off base of where what I've learned about my trauma, so I have gotten off base. Like, for example, there are times when I abandon myself for something that I think I want. So, and then I go, wait, what have I just done? 
oh, I know where this is coming from. Because in order to survive that childhood trauma, I actually had to abandon myself and become somebody else in order to survive so that my dad wouldn't hit me. Mm -hmm. Right. I had become small and insignificant and quiet and in the background and camouflage. You don't see me. Right. So that's how I learned to abandon myself at a young age. And I find I still have moments where I do that, but I am able to quickly go, whoa, what did you just do? What did you just do? So get back on the, no, I can't do that thing. You know, I've changed my mind. I know I said yes, but I've changed my mind. It doesn't actually fit with me right now or my schedule. And then I'm like, oh, now I feel better. Now I feel grounded in myself. Now I'm listening to my gut instinct. Now I'm listening to what my heart wants. Now, when the whispers pop into my head, I'm like, okay, you're trying to protect me from something. Is something, am I doing something that's making you go, ah, is there something I need to change? Or do I just need to sit with you and calm you? Little three-year-old Nikki, do I just need to calm you and go, hey, adult Nikki's doing something that's fun. I just need you and little Nikki to go, you don't need to protect me. You don't need to be in little three-year-old protection mode. That's not your job. It never was actually, girl. So I've learned all these techniques and tricks and tips and ways of being that I want other women to learn. Like, I don't want this to be a national secret. And I don't want women to think that standing on a scale is in any way a measure of their gorgeousness, of their heart, of their soul, of their spirit, because it fucking isn't. Well, I think that most women don't feel that way because of the societal pressures to be perfect, you know, and like, if you do put on weight, you're like, oh my God, like, I don't even want, I mean, this is myself. I can't even go on. Like, I can't fit in those jeans anymore. What am I going to do? And then I spiral out, but it does make sense. Like I talk about this a lot. Um, as we age, like it's not getting any better for me looks wise, (laughs) you know, like we're getting, I'm getting older. Um, I need to like, what's on the outside matter to me, my entire life. I was like, Oh, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not this enough. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, well, I really want to just work. I, yes, I'm still vain. Even though if you're watching this, I have no makeup on you're welcome. Um, but I don't, I don't want it to just be about like the outside. It's not the shell of Megan, or it's not the shell of Nikki. It's like what's on the inside. And so all, everything you're saying really connects with me and makes sense. And I am just so honored to have met you. I'm sorry. We basically had to record this two times and, um, in closing, please reach out to Nikki. I know I'm actually interested in signing up for her 12 week program after this, uh, after we're done recording this, And I want to tell my listeners a few things. Um, Please don't give up. This month is, um, especially if you're like me and you struggled with suicidal ideations, I'm very open about it. This month is Suicide Awareness Month. Um, I talked on the last episode that every episode in this month is going to be in honor of somebody that has lost their life to suicide or been affected by it in their own family. Um, last episode, I honored Warren, who's my friend Kate's son, who took his life in 2019. This episode is for every parent that might be listening and has lost a child to suicide. 
My heart is with you. My thoughts are with you. And I just want you to keep going because the loss of a child for a parent is the worst thing that anybody can ever imagine. So that's my first thing. My second thing is thank you for all of your support. Please continue to listen. There's a lot of really exciting things happening for this podcast that I will be sharing in the upcoming weeks. And remember this, be happy by making other people happy. And if you are affected by a mean Karen, turn the other cheek. You don't have to say hi. Be a bitch right back. I don't like to end that way, but I'm going to. Be happy by making other people happy. Nikki, thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.